When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Nancy Olson Livingston, and welcome to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson, welcoming you to this week's edition of TV Confidential, a radio talk show about television that will take you back to the early days of music television in our second hour as we welcome legendary record producer, music manager, and documentary filmmaker Simon Napier-Bell, former manager of Wham!, the boy band that put George Michael on the map, and the director and producer of an excellent documentary on the life and legacy of George Michael. Simon Napier-Bell knew George Michael like few people did. We'll ask him about that. Plus, we'll ask him what music managers and record producers look for when they say a hit's a hit. You know it when you hear it. Simon Napier-Bell will join us in our second hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we'll begin our first hour by playing part two of a conversation that began last week with Georgiana Nupi Rodriguez. Georgiana Nupi Rodriguez, the daughter of the one and only Rosemary. Most of us think of Rosemary as the comedian from the Dick Van Dyke show who occasionally sang. Well, the truth of the matter is that Rosemary started off in show business at the age of three with her very own radio show while she performed as a headliner in Las Vegas for many, many years, long before the Dick Van Dyke show. This past Tuesday, August 15th, marked the 100th birthday of Rosemary, and to celebrate the occasion, Sepia Records, along with the Rosemary Estate, has just released Rosemary Sings, the complete Mercury recordings and more, a collection of 29 classic recordings and rarities that includes some of Rosemary's favorite show tunes, standards, and novelty songs from the 40s and 50s, all available on compact discs for the very first time, plus many previously unreleased songs from Rosemary's personal archives. Rosemary Sings, the complete Mercury recordings and more, available right now, Amazon.com, wherever else music is sold. In case you missed it, uh, Noopy participated in the virtual birthday party for Rosemary that also included such uh, panel members as filmmaker Jason Wise. Jason Wise, the writer and director and producer of Wait for Your Laugh, the wonderful documentary about Rosemary. Also a, a part of the virtual birthday party was uh, Kathy Brown, Rosemary's archivist, uh, a select member of other members of Rosemary's family and friends. The video, the complete video of the Rosemary Centennial Virtual Party is available for free for viewing on demand on the Rosemary YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash hold the roses, wait for your laugh. The documentary on Rosemary available streaming on demand on DVD. And of course, Rosemary Sings, the complete Mercury recordings and more available right now, Amazon.com, wherever else music is sold. We mentioned uh, Frank and Dean a couple of times in our conversation. She knew Sinatra. She knew Dean Martin, both from the Rat Pack circuit and uh, performing in Las Vegas. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, Frank was the first one to find out she was pregnant with me. Wow. <laughs> And uh, that's a very true story, and, and I don't know why, 
if that has anything to do with why I adore Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she was uh, picking my father up at NBC, and uh, my father had been playing uh, a uh, show there, and she was picking him up, and Frank had come out of NBC, and so she was there, and he walked up, and he, hey, Rosie, you know, hi, how you doing, blah, 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 the hug and all that kind of stuff, and uh, he said, how are you doing? She goes, well, Frank, she goes, you might as well be the first to know I just found out I'm pregnant. <laughs> and he said, oh, God, that's great. He said, Bobby Bobby doesn't know. And, and she said, no, I'm picking him up right now. She said, I'm going to tell him. And he said, oh, that's great. And he was all excited and everything. And, and um, my father walks out. And Frank's got this weird look on his face, I guess. <laughs> and... He says, hey, Bobby, you know, how you doing? Okay, Frank, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. And she says, all right, you know. So she said, I might as well tell you because Frank's here too, so I might as well, you know. So she said, I'm pregnant. And my father was all happy, and the three of them hugged, and it was a big thing. And for some, un for some ungodly reason, I developed this amazing affection for Frank Sinatra over the years and uh, loved him uh, watched him perform wonderful times and he became very a very special part of our family so and, you know there you go yeah and you and you mentioned how close she was to Dean as well and the lengths that Dean took to comfort her, especially during that period uh, after after your father died, when she she wasn't sure whether she wanted to perform as well, and just listening to you tell that story, uh, Noopy, I'm not an expert on the Dean Martin show, but what I know is Dean took a very loose approach to his show. He only showed up on rehearsal day, and that was it. And that's and that's part of the fun of watching the Dean Martin show today. You may, it makes you feel like you're part of a club that only a few people belong to, but the fact that, and, and some of the things that when you watch Dean, he's reading the cue cards, and he'll screw right. up, and he doesn't care, you know, <laughs> that's part of the charm to it, but the fact that at least when you're, on, on that day when he first invited your mom to yeah. be on the show, yeah. he made an effort to care, because it was her. Oh, no, you know, and, and it was funny, because a few few years later we were in vegas and we actually saw dean and it was my birthday and dean actually from the stage sang happy birthday to me wow so the whole showbiz personality thing and the people involved uh, jerry lewis was also another one yeah people have terrible stories about jerry and the kind of person he was and all that kind of stuff but he was so important to us when my father got sick mm-hmm and a lot of people don't know this. And he had started to just uh, try to condense this. Uh, this this is the noopy. This is the noopy show. Take you know, take as much. Oh, time. okay. <laughs> Wait, uh, no, he he uh, he um, he was not he was not well. He went to the hospital. They diagnosed him with hepatitis. He was in some small hospital. Mother was doing the Van Dyke show and. Uh, Maury, of course, she, Maury was like her brother. Mm -hmm. Maury was as close to her as 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 anybody could 
could be. Yeah, she first met him when they when uh, when she was ten, I think. Yes, yes, she met Maury years ago, and and a friendship that just stayed as close as could possibly be. And Maury picked up on the fact that she wasn't right, and he and he walked up to her and he says, "What the heck's going on with Bobby?" And she said, "I don't like this doctor. I don't like anything about it. It's not right." It, it, it's you know he's not getting better there's something wrong and so she said i don't know what to do and he said why don't you call up jerry lewis he said he knows every doctor in the world out there because of the muscular dystrophy thing and she said and not only that but my father had played on every jerry lewis movie and Jerry loved my father because of the musician that he was, mm-hmm. and they were friends. And so, anyway, Mother said, well, you know, that's not a bad idea. So she calls up Jerry, and he says, all right, and she, and she goes through the thing of, I don't like it, blah, 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 and he said, okay. He said, uh, in five minutes, a Dr. Levy's going to call you, he said, he will become his doctor. He said, are you okay? Do you need money? Do you need anything? She said, no, I'm okay. He said, all right. He said, in five minutes, Dr. Levy's going to call you. Okay. So in five minutes, Dr. Levy calls. And she's on the phone with him, and he says, first thing, I'm t- transferring him out of that makeshift hospital and getting him over into uh, Cedars. So, and Dr. Levy was a big, a big-time doctor there at the time. And Dr. Levy took over his case, and this is when they found that he had a, this, there was something wrong with the blood, and they were very concerned about the blood, and they couldn't figure out what it was, and they thought maybe he had gotten something when he was in the Army, and it, and it you know, it finally surfaced, and it was it just, it was a very weird thing. But... Um, what a lot of people don't know is that Jerry Lewis used to call Dr. Levy every day wow. and say, uh, how is he? What's happening? Tell me. And then a couple of times, Jerry Lewis, well, more than more than a couple of times, Jerry Lewis would go over to Cedars at night when nobody was around. And he would go into my father's room. And he'd sit there because my father would say, well, Jerry came in last night. <laughs> really? Yeah. And he would, Jerry would make jokes. He'd try, he'd make him laugh. He did. Nobody knows this. Yeah. Nobody, you know, they all said, oh, you know, he can be a pain in the ass or whatever. Pardon my French. But he was very special. And my mother makes reference to that in the film that she refers to people like Jerry and all that as one of her angels. Yeah. Because Jerry kept tabs on everything and and even Dr. Levy used to remark he said, "Oh my god, he says Jerry's calling me again." <laughs> you know. And all of that and and we have an audio tape of uh Jerry Lewis who sent a reel to reel. It's a it's a solo that my father did on uh some song and uh, Jason found it when we were looking and 
he said, I found this reel-to-reel, and he said, Jerry Lewis is on it. And I said, really? And he said, yeah. And it's it's Jerry saying, hi, Bobby. Uh, you know, I thought you might want a, a recording of this. And it's a solo that my father does that's absolutely exquisite. And um, he said, you know, I... He said, I thought you might like to have it. And he kind of laughs, and he said, but he, and he said, hope you, hope you like it. And then there's a pause, and he goes, well, if you don't, then he says, sue me. <laughs> and he just laughs. <laughs> and, and that, I mean, you know, these are the kind of stories that a lot of people don't know. I just heard a story the other day about Frank when um, Ernie Kovacs died. And uh, how Frank called his uh, widow and said, if you need anything, I'm here, whatever you need. And I said, these are things that people don't understand. They see one, oh, you know, he was this way, he was that way, he punched somebody in the face or, you know, whatever. But um, there are so many of these stories that are, that are there that a lot of people don't realize what these, what these people, and I... And when my father passed away, Jerry Lewis was devastated. Yeah. He wouldn't talk to anybody for a week. And uh, because Jerry was into photography and, and, and all of that, my father had a lot of cameras. And I remember that my mother and I went up to his office, and she took all of my father's cameras and gave them to him. Wow. And said, you know, I know you love the cameras. And, and, and you know, Jerry... Jerry was very emotional. He couldn't. He couldn't take it. He, yeah. He he just you know walked out. And and uh, you know this was a guy that used to play uh, you know and a musician. Jerry always loved musicians anyway. Always loved to you know the bit that he did with the typewriter and all that stuff to you know music. Yep. He mm-hmm. always he always loved that. Mm-hmm. And. But he was very, and probably because of him, my father probably lived another maybe eight nine months longer than what he should have. And they were, and and they were probably quality eight nine months. Yes, yes, because Doctor Levy got him home at one point. He was really trying to. He's really trying to get him home. Yeah. But he had lost so much weight, I didn't even recognize him. But, um, you know, he wanted him home. He wanted him. And, of course, you know, the first thing was that they wanted to have friends over. And my friends or their friends were tried not to show being shocked by the way he looked. But they all came over. And, they and again, another another dinner party. Yeah. And because that's, that's family, that's this, that's... And my mother felt that they had to do that. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. One more item. Summertime is in full swing, and if you have dry skin, you know what happens when the weather gets warmer, more visible lines, and dullness. Fortunately, our friends at Ibu Beauty can help. Their Super Duo Serum and Moisturizer is all you need this summer for the perfect glow. Check them out, ibubeauty.com. That's Y-I-B-U beauty.com or at Ibu Beauty on Instagram. Use customer code Ibu50 now at checkout and receive 50% off your first order. 
Rosemary Sings, the complete Mercury recordings and more, collection of 29 classic recordings and rarities that include some of Rosemary's favorite show tunes, standards, novelty songs, rare performance, all available on compact disc for the very first time. Rosemary Sings, the complete Mercury recordings and more, available right now. Amazon.com, wherever else music is. So, Nupi Rodriguez, Rosemary's daughter, is with us on the line today. We're chatting about the life and career of her mom, Rosemary. You told the story of how Dean Martin lobbied your mom to do his show. Mm-hmm. I understand Doris Day lobbied your mom to do her show a few years later. Yeah. Uh, my mother had gotten a call about doing Doris Day, and she actually kind of liked that idea. She actually went for that idea, and especially after she met Doris, they became really good friends. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, up until, I think my mother talked to Doris three days before she passed away. In fact, I think Jason has that on film. My mother was never one to be a starstruck person, Mm -hmm. as you, you know, as I've explained. (laughs) But, um, um... She loved working with Doris, and if if I could say she was starstruck, she was starstruck with Doris Day. Not because she was Doris Day, but how professional she was. Yeah. And she said, you know, people have this, this I guess, genre or look of the way Doris is in all the films and the, you know, the, you know, the goofy blonde or whatever. But um, she said she's so... She knows what she wants. She knows where the cameras are. She knows where the lights are. She said she's, and my mother loved that. She just loved the fact that Doris was was just that. And they became really close friends. We actually adopted a dog (laughs) show, (laughs) which is true, named Scruffy. He was in the pound. And I was trying to, I, I thought, well, I could pull some strings and get him out before the, before the time frame, yeah. you know, and um, so I had asked Doris, I said, do you think you can, it's a, so one night the phone rang, again, my mother and I are sitting down having dinner, my mother gets up, on, and so she goes, uh, it's Doris Day for you, <laughs> <laughs> and she looks at me like, it's Doris Day, <laughs> and I went, you're kidding, but no, it's Doris Day. So I get on the phone, hi, you know, she goes, oh, you know, I've been thinking about that dog. And Doris goes on about the dog. And uh, I said, you know, so she said, I just don't think, you know, he has to stay in there for the amount of time that he has to stay. And I said, no, it's okay. I said, I'll just, I'll just go and I'll just pick him up when he's available. So she said, okay. So we wound up getting the dog. We mm-hmm. named him Scruffy. And, you know, he was with us forever. Mother took him on the set one day, and Doris went crazy for the dog. And But it was a relationship that stuck for years later. And one day, my mother, they were, they would talk like girlfriends. You know, they really did. And my mother said, because Doris is up in Carmel at mm-hmm. this point, and my mother says, you know, I just made a pot of sauce. <laughs> And she said, I want to send you the sauce. (laughs) And so Doris, I said, 
I guess said, great, I'd love to have it, whatever. So then became the project of shipping the sauce to Doris Day. Oh, God, <laughs> I can remember that. So, yeah, but anyway, she got it. And, of course, she called and, and, oh, God, it's wonderful and blah, blah, blah. Rosemary sings the complete Mercury recordings and more available right now. Amazon.com, wherever else music is. So, Nupi Rodriguez, Rosemary's daughter, is with us. We hope you'll stay with us as we continue our celebration of Rosemary's 100th birthday. We come back on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash tvconfidential or at tvconfidential on instagram and if you're listening to us on the tv confidential podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. 